Sean and Danny. happening welcome everybody uh to another episode of grim after dark grim after dark of course the frontline gaming network's weekly interview show where we hit the high points of the last week in the warhammer community and talk to the best players and content creators from around the world about the one thing we all love warhammer uh joining us tonight tanor and taylor uh, are back to talk about uh, aaron Dembski bowden's second black legion book uh, appropriately titled black legion uh, and they're going to answer all the burning questions we all have uh such as are black templars still awful in this book Shall we see? Well, let's find out. Uh, but first, my co-host needs some introduction. Uh, he's the terror of the mid-tables and devoted servant of Caliban when his army arrives. It's Danny McDevitt. Oh, yeah. And, Whoa, and, and we the, got special effects budget now, guys. Heck yeah, he won a GT three years ago. <laughs> no, it was, it was way longer than that. That was the <laughs> edition GT, John. That was the quality um, uh, Alaskan GTs where our prizes were desk name tags, apparently. It, like leading. Yeah. <laughs> it's well, it's like one of those things that sits on your desk that like, you know, like tells you who you're who you're talking to. Like, I don't know. Like it's it's lame. So I realized like as we were in the intro, why did we yeah. not call this why did we not call this episode like uh Broke Black Legion? Like that should have been the title of this episode for sure. I feel well, like, right? I mean, like if you could come up with these ideas, like uh, like six oh three when I start it writing, it comes show, to me. Then that would be really helpful. I know. I mean, I know, yeah. it's great. I want to say uh, thank you, Al Ted on on uh, YouTube said the intro jokes of Grim After Dark are not my favorite way of procrastinating at work. Um, I don't know why no one enjoys those, but I appreciate you putting those down there. <laughs> Speaking of intro jokes, though, uh, Danny. Uh, shocking news this week coming from Bloomberg. Uh, paint makers oh. around the world are running out of the color blue. Uh, oh. Ultramarine, Ultramarine players, Desco players, Dire Avenger spammers um, are all like assuredly stockpiling uh, blue paints in their hobby bunkers. Uh, what message do you have for those worried hobbyists? Uh, man, John, you know what? Uh, you're going to have to come back to me in like 30 minutes when I think of a good joke for this. Um, but like, <laughs> oh, so yeah, the, the title you correct right away, but no, like the joke about the blue paint, like, give me time. Okay. Well, yeah, it's time sorry. for the, rest of, like, time for the I got rest nothing. Jerk. So we'll come back to the blue paint, uh, before. Okay. Yeah. Thank stuff. you. Like, give me a half hour and then we'll be good. We're going to, we're going to circle around, circle around. Okay. So when it hits 33 minutes, I got to write this down. Uh, you know, like you never think of anything good to say in the moment, but like, you know, a few minutes later, like it just comes to you and you have like the perfect comeback. Like that's me like all the time, every day. Oh, dude, I never think of the right thing to say. You've listened to this show. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> moving on to what was affectionately referred to as the Danny and John Circle Jerk. The rest of the jokes we have here. Um, our favorite toy maker, uh, Joy Toy, is back with more scale models Fantastic. of your Warhammer favorites. Uh, with Intercessors, the next ones on the menu, as well as this excellent Invictor Warsuit, uh, which we can assume is coming to scale. Danny, what are your thoughts on the, uh, the kind of the upcoming toy line? We're moving into vehicles now. <laughs> i'm really glad that that they that they've decided to go the route of a pleasure model uh as that's a well-known like <laughs> i'm just happy this well one could be plugged show. in yeah like so, battery usage would be crazy on that thing yeah so like the wall outlet is super handy 
dude, that fist that it has is going to get a lot of use. That's all I have to say. <laughs> so I got to come back to you in 30 minutes for the color blue, but like right away that you're good with the Invictor fist joke. Ah, <sighs> it's great. Got it. Yep. Um, so more plushies are coming uh, with this festive squig plush next up uh, the announcement of which caused some internet commentators to wonder why Koyo a third party manufacturer of stuff licensed characters wasn't using their time better to update Eldar rules Um, as the comment said uh, what could be better? Hmm. New codexes and proper supplements for army without current 9th edition rules? New minis and updated ones for other races like guards, nids, elder ets? Model kits with better value for money? Uh, oh, the list could go on, honestly, starting to really struggle to recognize this company anymore. So with that sort of in mind, Danny, uh, what do you see a plush toy manufacturer doing to really tighten this rule set up? So I think that they could easily increase the the snug ability of Eldar by at least 10 to 15%. Um, I mean, that, that seems to be kind of their MO. And then they could replace uh, some of the harder chitin on the Tyranid models with some very soft suede. Um, to make them a little bit more comfortable um, to yeah. cuddle with, so you, you lose you lose a little bit of your save value, but you gain speed from the smoothness of your your chitin. Just like my brain, John. That that's fair, uh, and thank you, of course, uh, a commentator saying uh, the randomly losing audio initial will be a positive. That that was very hurtful and accurate, and I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> Finally, tonight, we're going to look at the state of the meta and a couple of select oh. pictures uh, that were shared uh, with us here. Firstly, there's going to be this Discord post from a gentleman. Uh, ordered some Grey Knights on eBay, as is the popular thing to do right now. Uh, and when they were sent, they were literally wrapped in ripped up shreds of the current Gene Steeler Cult Codex. <laughs> <laughs> um, Danny, uh, this Yeah, this I have no extreme. comment for that, John. Um, but is this the most effective way that turtles? Oh, sorry, Gene Sealer Coke can bubble wrap things. Like I don't know. Well, you know they are. They do kind of fill out the rest of the Tyranid army. So I guess it does fit in kind of a way. Like you know, you take that little extra battalion to get yourself some uh, to score yourself maybe some objectives. And in this case, he did. He scored himself some Grey Knights and switched up <laughs> to a much better army. So which will most certainly score primary way more than a Gene Sealer Coke army right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sad times. Yep. Um, so SoCal Open was last weekend, uh, which uh, I'm sure a lot of people were watching. Uh, SoCal had some of the most considerate players in the world, realizing how sleep deprived the Ocho team was from the weekend's uh, really strenuous streaming schedule and wrapping it all up in 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, that's not all the weekend gave us, though. We also got this amazing Reese meme, uh, Style Guide Approved. Um, <laughs> which shows a uh, recently look at his computer, realizing that he has about hundreds of orders for orc flyers, uh, but only two available from GW. I think my favorite thing sure. about this joke is it hits the player base and also the distribution because it's all true. Um, right. Danny, what are some thoughts coming out of SoCal in that uh, very um, travel-sized round or, or fun-sized round? Yeah, it was definitely a fun-sized round, that's for sure. Um I'm glad that we're getting some uh, some non-crying Reese gifts like uh, that people are using, like like in other memes. I'm 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 I love you know you love to see Reese involved in the hobby in like such a visceral way, uh, and that's a multi-tier joke, folks. That's what this meme is. It's two yeah. things for the price of one, just like that Joy Toy and Victor. And then 
<laughs> and you can see all of these pictures if you're following along with Podcast at Home at our Twitter, which is at GrimDarkFLGN, where there's also, for your use, uh, if you, of course, very responsible, mature adults with it, a small mm-hmm. gif of Reese pretending to cry sarcastically, uh, which I've used throughout the Comp40K community this past week uh, to react to many things, and each one of them quite fantastic. Yeah, and it wouldn't be complete, John, if I didn't mention that it's also a great place to stock up on your images of for uh, for dildo jokes. Yeah, uh, as that's we fair. do every single week. That's we right. We have at least three up there now. Uh, uh, yeah, and a couple not even involving Joy Toy. I guess that's you know the well we go to. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> we have Kara Quinn in the chat here, Denny. Forty uh, K stream versus Red Zone. Who wins? Uh, my first question for this is: What is a Red Zone? Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, I've heard of it. It's an NFL football. thing. It's an American football thing. Um, it's it's pretty good. Um, oof, uh, 40K stream, badly imitating NFL red zone. Now, I will say, okay, let's let's go off topic a little bit here, Danny. Um, yeah, sure. I actually super enjoyed the streams. Uh, and actually, just kind of the, the progression of what the stream is. And the way that it was set up, where you had your, your central, like, servo skull style cam. It kind of rotated around mm-hmm. all the different games. So if one was boring, you just moved away. I, I super liked it. Show me an NFL red zone where you have three stadiums uh, beside each other where the camera just rotates around and picks out different ones. Yeah, John, John, you know I'm how to take it. That, that, yep, I'm being told that's exactly what NFL red zone yeah. is. Great job. Yep. Love it. Perfect. <laughs> and I'm showing off in this podcast here, Danny. I don't know if you know, but I'm... John. I don't know if if you realize this, but technologically speaking, you can replicate this with a TV remote and flipping (laughs) between different channels. Wait, TV remote flip. Yeah, make sure Uh, to write that in the style guide. I I will. So I want to let everyone know, obviously, my knowledge of football is uh, far above and beyond uh, my knowledge of 40K. Uh, So with that, (laughs) with that out of the way. Uh, Danny, why don't you introduce our guests uh, and get this horrible embarrassment of me away for a little bit? Uh, yeah, so uh, we we spoke we've spoken with them together and then individually, and now they're back together again, uh, much like uh, some abusive relationships. So uh, tonight we have on uh, Taylor and Tanner, uh, the Lore Bros, and we're happy to talk about Black Legion today. Thanks for coming on, guys. Don't worry, John. I'll take all the quinge, cringe away from you and put it onto oh, myself. Dude, perfect. perfect. That, that is amazing. Yeah. I will say, um, Taylor, that this is one book for the whole hour and not 53 books for the hour. So you're going to have to expand <laughs> on your point. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know if I can have that many opinions, but I'll really try. Uh, and then, Tanner, welcome back. Last scene, of course, talking about the Warhammer Plus. Uh, that Plus. hammer fun. Now talking about, oh, that's copyright somewhere else now. We, we can't do that. That's just, it's going to be bad times. Um, but now <laughs> back to talk to us about Black Legion. So I guess we'll just start. Taylor, why don't you describe uh, the entirety of Black Legion? Uh, All of it. Succinctly, um, but detailed uh, as possible in the next three and a half minutes. All right. Um, so the whole thing, like the overview, like what the book is about. All right, I got you. Um Eight guys, ten really, but eight, uh, and their buddies kind of misunderstand how space battle works and don't have any logistics, <laughs> but they're really looking for a sword, and they think it's really cool. Uh, do they know they're also, looking for a sword? Uh, not until about four hours in. Well, hold on. How- one one guy knows. Yeah, it's one guy. Seven knows. guys and who don't know lady. about the sword. Yeah. 
Yeah, they, yeah. They have to go bully a lady first before he'll tell her tell them all about it, which I mean, fair. Also, they have to go. Yeah, they have to go talk smack about. Yeah, Taylor, they have to go talk smack about Horace. I think oh, you God. pretty much nailed the book, but I think we can do it a little more justice if we start like, at the beginning. Yeah. We can just go. I, think there are... I am hearing from yeah. our producer. There's a lot of comment in chat, um, Tanner, about your hair being different from the last time. Um, I don't yeah, know what you're talking change. about, John. I, uh, yeah. I just want to point out to all of the chat: nothing has changed with Tanner's hair. It's exactly the same yeah. as it was last time. Yeah, uh, exactly the only the way you can prove me wrong is going back to old videos on YouTube or Twitch or Facebook and rewatching them uh, all. Please and leave a comment. Liking and subscribing, that's the only way you can tell yeah, any difference. You can't be proven yeah. wrong. It hasn't changed. I don't really know what that's about. Turn yeah. your notifications yeah. on. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, ring the bell. Algorithm? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, God. Uh, okay. It's fair. Cool. Uh, so I feel like you're right. We can like, there's like a little bit more detail in here, like a, like a tiny, very tiny bit. Okay. Um, so I, I mean, I'll start us. Do you want to go first? I'll start us. No, off. you go ahead. I love your descriptions, Taylor, please hit All me right, with like Eric. scene one of black Legion. I'm, I need to work myself up, but I'll really try. All right. So we're 10,000 years in the future from 9,000 years ago, mm -hmm. which is when the story actually takes place. But all the stuff that's important happens all the way back then. Mm -hmm. um and he's talking and he's like man i don't have any hands they're mm -hmm. all chained up i don't have eyes my brain can't see your brain with my magic powers but man i have some stuff to tell you and it's going to be about the black legion like the name of the book and it's going to be about abaddon and i'm going to say a bunch of other stuff that doesn't happen in this book wait for book three tm we'll see mm -hmm. if that happens mm -hmm. um he's literally writing then, it now it's going to happen yeah, yeah. maybe and yeah, then this will maybe. be a, yeah, he, be a yeah, big he, chronicle. Oh, yeah, sorry. Anyway. Yeah, he, he um, quit the internet so he could he could keep writing it and people would stop sending him penis pictures. So we haven't about that in a while, Taylor. but a lot of people did send pictures of their penis to him. That's True. probably for the best. Not the penis part, the leaving the internet. I feel like that's <laughs> the healthy choice for all of us. The penis uh, part is not I, a healthy choice. Can I ask choice. you about this opening scene? Yeah, yeah I know up? from our last discussion that mm -hmm. you hate narrators. So was this a particularly do, triggering yeah. way for the book to start? No, it's fine. Uh, it's boring and it's nothing, but it's fine. I do hate narrators though. They are the bane of my existence. They should simply choose to be interesting and not a, a husk of nothing. The yeah, opening I'm, scene was yeah, well written. And yeah, uh, Aaron Dimsky bowden can write prose better than almost any of the other black library authors. So that's fair. He just has absolutely no idea how to write a battle scene that's at all interesting. Oh, you're gonna have uh, to get us to the battle scenes. Yeah. That's so far, dude. That's so far away. <laughs> anyway, and again, thank but you, you Mr. Right. Dimsky bowden for all wait, of your things. And if you wait. do want to come on to a, a low podcast at any point in time, please ignore the last five minutes. Yeah, just kill oh, yeah, me. Just sure. come on and just punch me right in the face. Like I deserve it. It's fine. Danny, you um, look like you wanted to interject there. Oh, yeah, you, yeah no, John, I thought of it. I got yeah. it. You got it. Does this change the blue book value of blue paint? Uh, you, got 18, you got 18 more minutes, man. Like, better. Come on. Damn it. All right. I'll, I expect I'll that from me, one. not from you. Sorry. All right. Yeah, okay. Got it. Okay. So, actual <laughs> first scene of the book. He's not talking yeah. to Thoth anymore. Um Kaon is doing a big magic. He's doing the, one of the biggest magics uh, that he's ever done, seemingly. Yes. Um, 
so he's infiltrated. So, okay. So this book is about uh, mainly his conflict with Derevek, both personally and with the Black Legion. And Derevek is some big stinky man. He's got cataphraction. He's very upset about everything. He's got big brass horns. I don't know what the brass is about. They should probably be bone. That's fine. Um, and he's, he's got big wings uh, as well. He does have big wings. They yeah. smell very bad. He's, he's halfway to demon prince. Right. Yeah. Um, he's got a big halo and it's gross. Mm-hmm. Um, Kaon has, has been here to kill him before not here specifically but like here as his general location he's been here to murder him like four or five times and he's failed every single time because magic sucks uh, but Kaon does spend a, bu- spend a bunch of time talking uh, in this scene about how magic is cool and uh, all the best assassins are made of magic or do magic or are magic I think it then because... illustrates how cool the magic in 40k is I know this is one of your favorite parts because his assassination follows as such he hides himself away on the world, which is filled with beastmen who congregate right. at Derevek's Nurgle Temple slash Factorium slash yeah. staging post. And yes. then he spends weeks infiltrating the minds of all of these different space marine and goatmen. And then he starts by throwing all of the goatmen into the machinery to jam it. Yeah, so I'm going to go a little off brand here. I actually Let's think start. this scene is awesome. I think Couldn't he just have yeah, murdered really the cool. Goatman to start with and thrown them into Jam the Machine without weeks of magical hypnosis, though? No. no so not all at the, once. The, okay, the big fair. Whole, yeah, the big whole process that he does is he spends like a year and a half at this place psychically hollowing out um, servants of Derevek, like Go people and his Marines and other and like serfs and stuff. And uh, it all culminates in this one like really big master plan, master stroke moment. And I actually think this scene is like really cool. Like it's awesome. this is what this is what I think magic should be in 40k. Mm-hmm. Uh, it takes a lot of setup and planning, and it also doesn't work. Lamau got him. Um, he does fail to kill Derevek again for reasons we'll find out later. Again, um, mm-hmm. but he's got a new he got a new pet now. Uh, he's a big cat, and Kaon doesn't like him that much. He thinks he kind of sucks, but he keeps him around because he reminds him of his other cat wolf Big wolves wolf. are not cats yeah you're right yeah. wolves aren't cats but he They're keeps the them dogs around to... of cats yeah right that yeah, makes sense right. he keeps wolves them around to remind him of that aren't um, cats. and they fail to kill derevik <laughs> but yeah it's this big cascading scene of like this guy uh at this at this time will be a big traitor to the traitor because i hauled out his brain and this goat man will throw himself into a reactor and this serve uh, this serve will light her own fist on fire and shove it into the gas tank of this thunderhawk yeah. and like detonate it like that's awesome that's rad that's what it's i'm talking cool. about it's very metal um, very uh it's very chaos aggressive nobody's spared everybody's turned into gore and can like very useful ways for chaos plan it also and there's a pretty good fight scene at the end of it too when they yeah, basically fine. end this kind of landing pad right it's fine yeah. uh oh my oh my i would say it's a great start to the book because you get a couple pages of the intro of like okay we're back in the narration can's telling us the story right now we have an explanation or a reason to put can off screen as far as the rest of the black legion is concerned because when he sure. arrives back at the legion after his failed assassination it gives i can't help but talk about how this is a well-written and smooth book because i know sure. you're not going to appreciate it it gives the reader a good reason to be there for that catch-up scene of like, hey, what's been going on with the Black Legion? Because you've been gone right. for, when you're in the warp and the eye, anywhere between a year and a half, 20 years, three days. So I think comes this back one, after that. I think this one takes him 10 years as far as the like the Black Legion perspective it, is concerned. Yeah, I think so. Um, about 10 years, because he's a huge nerd who can't do anything. 
Uh, and actually, a good description of that time dilation, which I thought was interesting because yeah, a lot of this I book, cool. Kaon talks about how much it sucks to be a Chaos Space Marine, which is on right. brand and very accurate and a relatable part of Chaos Space Marines. Right. It, is, how... it, is, oh. it is suffering for sure all the time. Yeah. Uh, I really liked I really liked the part where uh, he's talking about Chaos Marines where Terra happened like four weeks ago. Yes. And for Chaos Marines who Terra happened like they have no idea. They've been fighting for so long. They have absolutely no conception yeah. of when terror even happened. And uh, they I that was don't really cool. feel the flow of time the same way because sometimes right. you arrive before you left and sometimes you arrive a century late. They right. sort of exist like, atemporally. Their only Terrible state of mind. It, yeah. Their only state of mind is being alive or being dead. Yes. Just um, totally just completely disconnected. Like I, I think that's, I think that's rad. That's, yeah. that's the kind of stuff I want more of like more of what it's like to be a chaos space Marine mm -hmm. instead of what it's like to be a sad dust man. Isn't Kaon legitimately just through these books telling you what it's like to be a chaos space no. Marine? Yes. No, he's not. Yes, he he's is. talking about how sad he is that Abaddon is cooler than him, but also that he loves Abaddon. How he's sad he is that his Eldar girlfriend is dead, but actually, I mean, it's fine. She doesn't take part in any of the story. And how sad he is that his dog is dead, but I mean, whatever. I got this big, I got this big cat now. Or, you, you just know. exactly described what it is to be a cast space marine, though. I don't understand They're what part you missed. They're all sad about their dead cats. Like yeah, that's they, the they, second yeah. rule of chaos. There's, There's that self melancholy, right? That they, they all yeah, have dead cats to mourn. Yes. There's an existential angst when you like exist outside of time and you're stuck in this right. terrible place and all of your friends are yeah. melting around you. And, and Abaddon is cooler than you all of the time. In actual hell. Keep it... Yeah, literally yeah, in, hell. in hell. And they know and they're th in hell. They and I think it. when you I think when you say it like that, you're totally correct. I just yeah. don't think Kaon is an excellent like lens to view that through because interesting. I just don't really think he feels like that. Um, I think. I mean, he says that a couple times. I think he's like, he oh, sucks. being leashed in hell is really tough for all of the aforementioned <laughs> but, reasons. He's also yeah, boy, then... howdy, it doesn't suck being in hell, right? But Danny, you were saying. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to ask Taylor. So instead of that lens, like uh, ADB does a good job of kind of showing like the the narrative of a chaos space ring through Talos. Do you feel like that's a better representation? Like, or totally. do you think that's just like Talos? Mm -hmm. I think, I think Talos. So I've only read parts of that series, mostly oh. because I can I can only listen uh, through audio format. And the guy who reads that book really sounds like Dracula is outside of my window trying to seduce me, and I can only do that for so long. hours at a time. Yeah, I can I can only put up with the Dracula whispers for a couple hours at a time. Oh. But I, I I think it's better personally. Um, I, I don't disagree. I, don't, I think Night Lords is even better than Black Legion. I just think they're both good. Yeah, they're sure. they're in yeah. different ways. So yeah, definitely, I, I won't even like. I like Black the the second Black Legion book. I actually like it a lot more than the first one. I really feel like Black Legion should have been the first book, um, because all of the narrative stuff that happens in the second book makes a lot more sense. Uh, for, for at least I feel for the characters if it happened first instead of second mm. like it's it's really weird to see kaon um be this omega powerful sorcerer who can hurl ships at planets as he's kept them invisible for six months as yeah. he dragged them with his own mind across the warp and he also can't kill this one guy 
Why doesn't he just use the same tech? Months getting the ships across. It's yeah, very he, tiring on the old He didn't to try throwing a ship at him, which probably would right. have been better than the whole collapsing the. Probably. The yeah. um, I just it's well. It's, he's in Derek Ball's pocket, right? Like that's right. The whole so yeah, we can here. we can just say that. So um, the reason he can't kill Derek is one on one. Like he can he can kill him. He just like so okay. So Kaon has to go through like an anime power up arc in this book yes. yeah. uh it said it's uh, except instead of the power of friendship it's the power mm-hmm. of hatred mm-hmm. um and he has to rediscover his hatred his anime hatred in order yeah. to defeat the big man mm-hmm. uh and i mean fair you can't rediscover your anime hatred if you just hurl a ship at the anime man but you could okay but tried. no 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 stop no so the thing you're describing is literally the most anime sentence that you've described yet on your appearances like, so, you okay. can't be anime by hurling an entire ship with your mind at a person like at this point but you like, can't have you, you can't have so the titled. arc right you can't have the arc would i prefer it if kaon like unleashed a big drill from his arm and went full Gurren logon at derevik yes i think that would have been a better scene for sure but that yeah. didn't happen uh he had to discover his big anime hatred for the big anime man um sure. i also I don't know. I, I think there's some weird stuff with like motivations because when Kaon goes back to Abaddon and Abaddon is like, God, you're such a nerd. We now. Should, like, you we don't should even... talk about this scene before we talk about how you feel about this scene. That's fair. Okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Let me jump in. Tanner, you come in, describe the scene. Uh, sure. Taylor, you do your very best to, to just hold in the rage. and No, I, and I will be Rediscover your anger, Taylor. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's all so I want to hear from you is, is occasional. So, so Taylor, occasional grunts so whenever you like right. tanner saying something you don't agree with all i want to hear is a Ooh, mm. all right uh, just we're gonna go okay. from here so like tanner go all right so kaon doesn't kill derevek he's pretty sad about it he goes back to find the rest of the black legion mm-hmm. he finds that they are amassed in this large fleet of warships he shows up on the bridge his little communication with his like the white sorcerer saruman best friend from thousand sons <laughs> home world buddy who guides all the ships because you can't have navigators in the warp because they have too many eyes, or like not enough eyes. And he's like, hey, dude, <laughs> shit on the bridge is not going well. And he's like, I gotta it's get to the bridge. It's never the exact amount of eyes. It's like too many or too little. Like exactly. that is right. what you need to be a chaos sorcerer. You need like two here. and a half eyes. Like really. You have to put the eyes on the inside. Yeah, or inside the armor, like in a hand. But so he gets sure. back to the ship, and he gets to the bridge, and he's like, oh, my two boys from the last book are about to fight. The angry corn guy and the lieutenant of the super cool Slanesh guy who we're sort of pals now. Doesn't the angry he, corn guy yes. have a heavy bolter? Not in this he moment, does. but yes, he does. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. He yeah. actually, in this scene, he has a knife, which is a pretty cool flex because he goes like to fight the finest swordsman in the Legion with a, like a kitchen knife, like a squid game moment against an anime Katana guy. Yeah. And he's just totally won. fine with it. Right. Yeah. I and and the won. implication is like Leoric might still have won that one. Uh, kind of interrupts. None of this is related to his getting mad arc, which I think is the most important part of this book. So none of that conversation is important. And then he talks to Abaddon, and Abaddon is like, "Dude, you didn't kill him." And he's like, "Damn, Abaddon, you look really tired." And Abaddon's like, "I'm more tired because you didn't kill him." Taylor, so far so good. Totally. Yep. You're okay. good. I've heard zero grunts. So like, this is like a like just an agreement fest right here. Yeah, I didn't know that this was I, just agree to agree about well, this book. I'm trying. <laughs> right. I'm trying to get into some can, stuff right. we will disagree with with a Taylor <laughs> style power- summary. Danny, okay. Danny, Danny, yeah, Danny, I, new I new episode title, Danny. 
The new app's titled Tanner and Taylor Politely Agree About Thoughts of Black Legion. Look, we're, don't worry, John. We started with the only part of the book that Taylor likes, and it's going to get yeah, worse probably. for him, and it's going to get, yeah, that's I'm going to get more enthusiastic. So, I'll just get more angry. It's fine. There's a brief discussion, and then some time passes in the interminable way that it does in the warp, and then they are. Sent on a mission, Taylor, interrupt me if I get this wrong. I believe they go down to a planet, there's something crashed on the planet, there's a random thousand sun guy on the planet, and then yeah. they talk to this yeah. man, and he's like, yo, Kion, you can't be you. Didn't you die on this one planet? And yeah. then so you get this back. inner monologue. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sure I missed yeah, we a, should, a we should go. We should go back to when when Abaddon actually talks to Kion. Yeah. Um, He's like, you gotta just rediscover your anger. So one thing I think is interesting is I don't think Abaddon believes in the Black Legion. I don't think he believes anything that he's selling, like the whole Brotherhood thing, the whole um, we we need oh. to, the Imperium is ours. I don't hmm. believe he's, uh, I don't believe he believes any of that. What I don't believe like that at all. And oh, like, most well, of when he I, gives us me and Danny the pep talk that we're good before we start. Exactly. It's just yeah, right. words yeah. to inspire. Yeah. Or that yeah. this is your favorite episode at the end of every yeah. episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can call Val the <laughs> war master of the SLGN podcast. Ezekiel Heffelfinger. <laughs> Heffelfinger the spoiler. I don't know. Yeah. Um, most of why I think that comes a lot from this scene. Uh -huh. And uh, when Abaddon is like choking Kaon to death as he's doing, yeah. um, he. He yells at him. They spar, like, and then it escalates like two guys who right, wrestled yeah. and got a little heated. Yeah, right. They all take off their clothes. They they slowly strip the armor from yeah. each other. They oil <laughs> like up from, a little bit. Like a yeah, yeah they oil up. Version of okay, please tell me why. What was I thought a very inspiring speech and a redirect for Kion shows that Abaddon doesn't believe in what he's talking about. So a lot of so from my perspective at least, what yeah, yeah, Abaddon yeah. is saying to Kion is just not true for the most part. Like okay. he's asking him to like rediscover his hatred for these people. And Vindicta. Vindicta. Right. The only, the only the, reason yeah. that, that Abaddon needs him to do that is so that he can serve Abaddon's purpose, not for any like growth that Kaon needs to do, not for any betterment of Kaon. It's only to serve Abaddon's purpose solely. Yeah, and I'm, they're chaos I'm space marines. They don't have seminars yeah. about self growth. They're okay. focused on getting out of the warp and going to kill <laughs> the Imperium be, again. That would be. And amazing. he's explicit about it. Yeah, they don't go to Tony Robbins and walk on fire. He's like, please summon fire under the guy. You know, I keep sending you, and you keep failing. <laughs> I, this guy so is pounding know. our asses throughout all of the eye. We can't because leave all if we have to focus on All Kaon talks back. about throughout this book is how much Abaddon thinks he's cool and how much he loves his brothers and how much he thinks like i, I don't know um I'm this is not the scene that exemplifies well. that he's like oh you failed me for the seventh time and but unlike every other chaos war leader i'm not gonna tear you apart and then split two halves of you and glue them onto the sides of my throne and then like tickle your eyeballs to demonstrate why you shouldn't that, fail yeah. me he's like i'm gonna give you a quick little choke and then i'm gonna throw you to the so ground i'm gonna say rediscover your hate you know, just gonna snap your spine. Get just a back bit. to it, and then Kaon keeps hand, like pestering him for the whole book. And Abaddon says, "Please stop doubting me. We're trying to stay focused on winning. Like all Abaddon wants to do is win, right. and Kaon is doing none right. of that. But sure. he doesn't punish I, I, him beyond just a display. 
that's, that's a chair bro move by chaos standards. It's a little, little slap and tickle. That's I don't know. I, I don't know. I read the scene a, a bit differently, but um, <laughs> I've read this book so many times now that all the information about it and all my opinions about it are just leaking out of my brain. So I'm sure, not sure. explaining it very well. You, you that's why you're here, that's Taylor. Okay. That's like that's the okay. sole reason you're here is your opinions <laughs> leak out of your brain. When you're talking yeah. about books. It's not doing it in the optimal way, though. I'm okay, sorry. so so they have this conversation, right? And right. we can agree to disagree over where Ab Abaddon is genuine, but he does say, like, I need you to go to a planet. I need you to go yes. to a ship. I need you to find, the, like, the lady in the lake of the Arthurian legend where we get the sword, yes. which, by the way, John, this one's not a heist mm -hmm. book. It's actually King just... Arthur, which yes. is another and cool... Actually, oh, just yeah. super quick, I just have to jump in here, uh, take care of a little bit of business. Uh, 30 minutes ago, I presented Danny with a joke. Ultramarine players, Death Skull players, and Dire Avenger spammers are all surely stockpiling blue paints in their hobby bunker. And asked Danny, what message do they have for worried hobbyists? It's been 30 minutes, Danny. So I'm now passing it back to you. What is your message for worried hobbyists? Uh, don't be blue, stock up on blue paint. But dude, perfect. That sucks, man. Yeah, I'm sorry. I try. I I don't know. Look, I I look, thought the blue book joke was good, but like this, it I was. Don't know. But you have more time, and you came up with that joke in less time than it takes to play an entire game of Warhammer, or slightly All of more. These armies. <laughs> Depending on what the game Only is. at the top tables, John. Only, Only at the, the very tables. tippy top. <laughs> John, can I have a swing? The owner of all of these armies already have a surplus of blue inside because all of their armies are terrible. Oh. They don't need any paint. I'm just being told our editor is very excitedly lighting up a bunch of like sad trombone noises to put it <laughs> <Yeah>. right there. <laughs> He actually somehow mimicked one perfectly. Like, so, 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 Bella, like, yeah, I don't like, know how that was possible. So perfectly, moving on, uh, back to Black Legion, Tanner, Very you were organic. saying, or Taylor, you were saying. Transition here, John. Do you want right. to talk yeah. about them going down to the world, Taylor? Do you want me yeah, to talk? sure. So, okay, so we got we to gotta, gotta go down to Malium, and Malium is like made of bones or whatever. I, I yeah. think it's, it rains all the, the burning hot tears of all the liars in the universe or yeah. some nonsense like that. Um, it's where it's where the sixteenth legion went to die, or but mm -hmm. not really because it's fine for the most part. Just Horus. Uh, just Horus. Just Horus. Well, he was already dead. They were just like, we're going to put his big corpse here, and we're going to look at it. Um, no stealing. So they, yeah, no stealing. Fabius. <laughs> Fabius. No Fabiusing. Um, please still stay behind the velvet rope. Do not, <laughs> do not trespass. Yeah, yeah Horace's body one. is solely just on like a folding table behind a small velvet rope uh, in front it's of a all, sign that just says, "Please do not clone our Primarch." It's all you can afford when, uh, as part of the Legion Wars, you're constantly hunted down and mercilessly slaughtered for wearing the color green. Yeah. No other reason. Yeah. Uh, so they come it's down to this planet. Actually. Uh, it's more like a sea green. I don't know. Uh, okay. uh, yeah. That's now I have color. images of like a, a world eater just holding up like a, a paint swatch to people's armor, being like, damn it, this one is a sea foam green. We're looking for the teal marines. <laughs> is this Alpha Legion or Sons of Horus? I don't know. Uh so we so we get down and there's a big magic man, and he's got 14 rubrics. I don't know if that's important, but he's got them. Oh um can I say this? This is like my probably third favorite scene in the book. Second really? favorite scene oh, yeah. in the first scene. But I really like this part. I thought it was awesome. Can you tell me what you liked about this part? Okay. So yeah, I was going to say the whole, same thing. Like, 
the whole like capturing of the rubrique from another uh, like and it was kind okay. of like the acquisition of uh uh of like the rubrique that that Kaon is trying to do to, and like incorporating them in the black legion and then also mm-hmm. instead of painting them just burning off their previous colors with warp flame right. and then like yep. that being good enough yes yeah i, I thought, I thought that, was that was cool yeah. i thought everything else surrounding the scene was kind of lame we do get an introduction to that Kaon is okay so taylor and i had an argument before the pod that we probably don't need to rehash but there's some so ambiguity fair. in the scenes where he's talking to the Inquisition about whether he's telling the truth or not, right? Agree right. to disagree mm-hmm. on whether or not that's true. But during the like main timeline of this novel, this is the introduction of the ambiguity of is he being truthful with us as the reader or himself? Because he's challenged for the first time about dying and right. he's accused of like whatever wears your flesh isn't actually Kaon which is a pretty good diss. I liked that line a lot right before he yeah. crushed that dude into his armor and took absolutely all his Marines. Absolutely obliterated him, yeah. He yeah. <laughs> uh, called and, him uninspired and absolutely nothing else but the duel. And uh, then so he, I, he does oh, this thing, though, that's going to come up again a couple times where his internal narration just starts to write... It, it overwrites whatever happens. He's, like, yeah. talking to himself about how irritating and misled this guy is as he's killing him. Right. And that's the first hint as a reader. You're like, okay, something actually happened to Kaon. Maybe he did die at this world. What right. So right. he, yeah. exactly. He spends way too long, like, denying anything actually happened on that planet, which I can't remember the name of. And I think that's it. I do think it's an interesting question of whether he's lying or if he's just wrong. Personally, right. I think he's just wrong. I think he's just, just misinterprets or misremembers or isn't just, is it just is wrong about I think that's a actually particular scene. later. I think he he had this is like his repressed trauma or what have you. Yeah. Plus about psychic. that about that scene in particular, yes, oh, yeah. he is just yeah. wrong. Yeah. But I think also throughout the book, especially about some characters' motivations and uh, what a character means when they say or do something, he mm. he interprets it one way and personally I interpret it as a superior being, I interpret it a different way, the correct <laughs> way. Yeah. See. I'm going to have oh, to report see. this to the Inquisition. They're going to have a little cell prepared for you. If you've got a better read on the Lord, dude. Well, there's going to be one cell here. for Taylor and then another cell for his arrogance. So. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's fair. Uh, you, and Taylor, man, you don't you dare it. narrate your story from that jail cell. Otherwise, like, hypocrisy is huge. I'm, I'm really surprised you guys think you can fit the arrogance in one cell, but I'll, I'll <laughs> take that slide, I guess. That seems, that seems kind of rude, but fine. So I'd be I surprised to be told the truth. To be honest. <laughs> nice. Nice. I think the rest of Malian until they get to the end of their quest is kind of boring. Yeah. It's almost There's nothing. Like one Literally scene nothing happens. that is very cool. They walk through tunnels forever and ever and ever. It's like, oh, we built a lot of tunnels. It, it, it yeah. took us 10 days to give an example of how many tunnels there are. But then they right. find a room filled with ghosts. Like literally yes. pirate ship ghost ship ghosts floating around right. of all the dead who died. Sort of trapped in the nexus of where Horus's skull used to be. Like, right. And it's at like the that. end of the journey, right? Right. Like, this is the room where Horus lay. Yeah. Uh, laid. Um, and, that was uh, a good visual. Well, and Kaon. I thought it was cool. Has his moment where he's part of the D&D party, and the other two fighters are like, hey, do the cast the wizard spell. And yeah, he waves his cast, hand. Like, can you cast Detect Evil, please? Like, yeah. I really need I really need to touch this object. I and all these ghosts, me. they flutter away, except one right. who becomes... Oh, it's not a ghost! Uh, the plot of the rest of the Black Legion series, presumably. Um, one, one imagines. 
I bet you uh, have this, an opinion about this character. This is where we meet Moriana. And... Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know what to think oh, about man. her yet. Because um, really, we don't see anything from her. Well, she talks right. to Abaddon for about five minutes, and then Kaon spends the rest of the book just constantly talking smack about her. Yes. Just constant references to uh, evil stuff she does in the future yep. and how much she, he hates her. We uh, get she, a really cool tie-in, though, during one of the interrogation scenes. Do you remember that? Right. Are we talking about Moriana probably being one of the characters from the Siege of Terra? Yeah, and also... So he's talking to uh, an Inquisitor who silently walks into the room. He's like, hey, oh, I sure. see you've yeah, yeah, yeah. gone to your hidden libraries and access yeah. the forbidden documents, and you're starting to think that name sounds familiar. And he pretty right. explicitly says, she used to be one of the high members of your ordo, or right. like the Inquisition in the post-heresy, mm-hmm. pre-contemporary 40k arc. Right. Which means so, that you probably get a siege character, becomes an Inquisitor Lord, becomes the like Herald of Abaddon. Right. So before, uh, he's just been talking to Thoth, which is just like a servitor who records everything he says. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, you kind of get drift-fed a couple of times throughout the book is there's not actually just a servitor here anymore. There are more Inquisitors. There are more important people. And then eventually yeah. there's just this one Inquisitor who mm-hmm. keeps coming back and like starts to smile when he talks, yeah. which is kind of weird but you know um and i think that's really that's really neat uh Kaon is a big, it doesn't mean you can't be happy like the whole time it does <laughs> actually Kaon is a big loser though and is still stuck in the um the cage that he's in as of um the new siege of terra in 40k confirmed in uh those uh emperor's legion books so he is still a big loser okay anyway yeah, for sure. Or, so noted. Uh, or maybe it was his plan all along, and he's been digging that so intel from that jail cell. It was his. It was, it was his, his plan, plan all along. Yeah. His his plan is to sit on Terra till the Red Path comes, and then the Red. Or excuse me, the Crimson Path, and then the Crimson Path went the other way, and Nihilus was created, and he's still in the cell like a big nerd. Uh. Anyway, back to talking about something. Um, Presumably okay. the next scene in the book after they find Moriana. I don't know if that makes. I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah, so, we yeah, can so we talk about through that scene. Oh, yeah, we need to talk ahead. about that scene for sure. So, is so, this where they talk about yeah, the emperor yeah. being a god now in the Imperium, or is that later? But they on? they talk about oh, it for yeah. a little bit and then they jump to the Avengers spirit. Yeah. So yeah, because so, that is my very favorite scene in the entire book. I actually agree. Absolutely. So, Danny, what makes that like your favorite scene in the book, and what really stands out to you about that one? There, well, like they just start laughing because of the ludicrousy of like, like of uh, of what they <laughs> of so what they're trying to accomplish with what, like the, the long war, right? Right, right, and like, like they're like, oh my god, the word bearers were right this entire time. Like they actually won. They won yeah. the entire like they won yeah. the entire heresy. Like everybody else lost. The word bearers won, and. It just like made me laugh and smile, like, and they're all like just busting up, like just either dumbfounded or uh, the Slanesh guy. What is it? Uh, Tilmacon, uh, Lycros or whatever. Or yeah, yeah. He's just as like he's like laughing super, super hard. And uh, yeah. I don't know. It just tickled me to like know that everything they've done was sort of in vain so far. Like they're just kind of yeah, fighting super the for war this entire time. Yeah, super for <laughs> exactly. Nothing, for sure. Uh, I really, yeah, I really like that scene as well uh like she's talking and at one point she just says the word god emperor and mm-hmm. all of the chaos marines kind of like fucking they like freeze they're like what did you just say 
<laughs> would you repeat that? What did you just say? And she's like, I saw uh, him two weeks ago, and he said he wasn't a god. The god emperor? And like he, like you said, Telemachon starts laughing so hard that he yeah. like throws up blood. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Which right. I, I, I think is great. Very healthy. Like the, 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 word, the, world, the, uh, the word bears like eat, drink, eat shame and drink dirt, but they won. So yeah. got him. Yeah. Which I thought was really cool. That was a good we scene. We were wiped out to a man, and we have to hide in literal hell for the rest of our lives, but we won. We were right about that one thing. Not gonna lie, man. The logistics here just don't matter. Like, okay, so about 40 minutes ago in this book, they're like, all right, the Black Legion has like 40,000 members. About two hours from now, we're about to say that over hundreds of thousands of Chaos Marines invade the, invade the Materium when we go, so like, whatever. At one point in this book, the Black Legion literally loses its entire logistics base. It's, its entire logistics base. It's all gone. All of their resources, all of their like. Um, this is all alluded to off screen, Taylor. I can't. I can't off, clamp my mouth. Exactly. It's all alluded to off screen. Do you want to read a book about playing Kaon Civ Six in the warp where you have to like <laughs> slowly build bases? No, he says the Black Legion flies around, scoops people up makes alliances that can be trusted and has aggregated power over this fluctuating timeline. And then they do it. That's the whole thing. You listen to me. You listen to me. I, we, I rec that book I recommended you after the first one is just that it's just this guy. builds an empire. And I want it again. I want it. Is that, is that called the chaos accountant? Yes. Like where he just like does balance sheets and like, just keeps track of like army rosters and, yeah, two hundred yes. pages of him trying to correct one it's, flaw in his Excel formula. It's actually like six hundred pages, Perfect. and it's just infinitely more interesting than anything Kaon has ever said. Yeah, so we, I mean, we, I we like cannot have complaints about this book. Be that the math doesn't check out in the warp. Okay, man, Why we got to lever a different complaint. <laughs> when, when we, we get out of Mechanicum, when I'll we start get doing of... the tonnage requirements on a Titan, and we'll see how much ore is in Mars. You know what I mean? Like, big, big, many, large. Yeah, they fly. Yeah. <laughs> So let's talk the, about the they, next scene. That's too yeah, hot of a take. They get out of the warp, right? They get out of the warp. They, they catch no, people. Oh, no, 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 no. Not there yet. I want to actually, I want to describe them leaving the warp. All right, Taylor, let sure, me get yeah, this one. Fine. All right. They so, okay, enact. Are talking about the duel yet? Is that, is that? Yeah, that we got, we'll do two things. Three things. We'll do leaving the warp, ship battles that Taylor hates in the duel, right? We can bing, bing, boom. Yeah, that's right. Which duel? The only one that matters. The good, the Sigismund one is the good one. Yeah. Yeah, well, sure. but I mean, you know, you have to understand. You have to understand that Kaon, That's where he gets his hatred back, right? Okay, like, we'll do four. Oh, we're talking about the, that's, you're talking about the Derevic one because there's actually yeah. three in this book. I yeah, see. okay, that sure, makes sense. sure. Yeah. You're right. That's fair. Let's get uh, out. I just want to quickly there. remind all of our listeners and viewers that while we are talking about spoilers, you will not be able to follow along with anything we're saying. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, if you want much. an example of that. Listen to the last 30 seconds, hit that last 30 second button, and you will find yeah. exactly why these are perfect for everyone. But Tanner, please continue okay. with your first of four specific things. The Black Legion had a big, I'm going to sound like Taylor, had a big, big plan to escape the yeah. eye. And the way they did it is they got all of their fleet together and they decided we're going to try really hard this time. So, <laughs> yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah. You, that you was literally it. how yeah. they did it. Yeah. yeah. Are you sure I'm this isn't a heist? <laughs> Uh, so the, the book three might be heisting the sword, but so okay, cool. Kion has a friend. He's the white wizard. He's the Saruman of space. This is his fucking moment. He's Whoa. the one who is the navigator who flies 
their biggest ship, the most important big lad. And he is what you focus on as they try and fly out of the eye of terror. So he squints his eyes really tight and they fucking hyperspace jump out through the eye. And immediately they're getting reports of all of their ships blowing up. Now, like this isn't working very well. And the coolest bit is that that guy starts to be flayed in real time, his skin stitching down like Hellraiser and psychosomatic wounds shredding him layer by layer off of his body until he has to give up and they don't escape the warp. Right. So, so good so far. And yeah, then they figure out how to get out. Right, their immaculate plan of, well, we'll just try really hard, just like yeah. really, really hard, immediately fails. Um, which, I mean, fair. Um, and, and then so they do have... Here real quick, Taylor, we have Kara Quinn saying that we're spoiling Warhawk by saying Sigismund survives, but he has to survive to form the terrible chapter of the Black Yeah, Legion. that's not, not a Black spoiler. Templars, so, even. Yeah, Sigismund, no. always, we always knew that he survived. Yeah, yeah jerk. Yeah. Yeah. Unless it's a different it's a Sigismund. Man. Yeah, it's that's spoiler, true. I, though, it's... That's, I do. I do think Horus becomes Sigismund at the end. Bill Sigismund um, of Mars. Yeah. Danny, you're nodding sure. along like that claim made sense. But are you guys trying to tell me that Horus is Sigismund, who then dies to baby Horus? Is that <laughs> yes, the plot again. of this book? Twice. Yeah, yep. yeah it, it okay. happens again. That's yeah, more okay. satisfying than Black Templar flow. That and checks then, out. And then they put. And then they put Dorn on Templars. the throne. Okay. True. After right. they don't escape the Eye of Terror. They end up in what, because it's still a pirate book, just like right. book one, they end up in a squall or what have you. Uh, there's no the space air to fly around anymore. They're still, yeah, the, yeah they're becalmed. And the winds. Then, the drums, oh my God. You will, you guys. Thank the you, drums. Captain Danny. Sure. Guess who shows up? It's the main antagonist and all oh of his Oh my God, lads. he's here. Holy Again. shit. Pegas Derevek is here. And... I mean, unless you want to talk about this duel, I'm going to do it in like one no, line. The duel, the duel is incredibly nothing. I, okay, cool. I do think it. They yeah. teleport to a planet. Abaddon has a big flex moment. He's like, "I'm going to take three warriors, even though you said you're taking ten. Feel free to take ten, you huge puss." And then they all show up. <laughs> they have some words. They have to open with an honor duel. Kaon fights they a do. dude for like 15 minutes while Abaddon and Derevek talk shit to each other, not really paying attention, which was pretty cool. And yeah, then. Sure. Han begins to rediscover his anime anger and he kills the shit out of this guy. He offers him a brief handshake like, dude, you could come be a Black Legionnaire. And then the guy dies. And Abaddon's exactly. like, good job, Kaon. You rediscovered your anger. And Kaon's like, I'm going to fucking kill Derevek right now. I'm just going yeah. in. I'm just doing it. And so, Abaddon's like, don't I do it. I only have one like, arm, do it. but it'll be I, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Before, I'm down an arm. Before that, before that, all I want to in inject there is the reason that Kaon discovers his anime anger is because... Uh, they urinated on the the Black Legion flag and kind of threw it at him like wetly, and it slapped on the ground. And he was like, "That's really gross." That's it was my a flag. cool bit. Because Space Green P is like acidic, so that's really rude. The they flag actually, they had their goatmen. They got they every goat slaves to do it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Goat pee. Uh, that's that's more even insulting worse. that way. Yeah. He, uh, I I counted. Yep. They talk about urine four times in this book specifically. Yeah, and that's not like a ton. But it's more it's than like I would enough. expect. Yeah. yeah. Mm. This sounds like an individual trigger to you because I didn't count one time. Didn't register man. with me at all, man. It seems like a Taylor it, what problem. What drove you yeah. to count the, the mentions of urinating in books? Yeah. Well, I, I had to listen to Jonathan Keebler say urine in my ear four or five times. And on man. the last read through, I just, I don't know. It, it, it just, uh, 
okay. digs in. At, at that point, like the urine seeps in, and I okay. can't get away. You can't leak your opinions out if he's leaking his urine opinions uh, in. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's it's clogging okay. all the holes. So anyway, Keon tries so to kill Derevek. Derevek says, "You can't do it. You're super soft. You'll never kill me." Neil. Keon yes. kneels. He has a really embarrassing moment in front of his best friends, and then he just walks back, and they're like, "Let's not talk about that ever again." And then, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then the warp ghosts show up, which is like a phantom. Right. It, that's literally what everybody does. They just don't make eye contact for weeks after that. The warp ghosts yep. show up. They show up in a fleet out of nowhere into becalmed waters. They teleport one dude onto the bridge of every ship, and they teleport one dude down to talk to this group. And they say, hey, we can get one of your squads out of here, but f- not the other guys. So right. give us an sure. offer, and we will choose amongst the two. And Derevek gives like an Alexandrian look. Oh, you go. Yeah. Tanner, by squads, we mean like... <laughs> One I'm of these sorry, the two factions. fleets. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Squads factions, like yeah. high school click squads, not like Correct. literally a five-man tactical. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. You and the boys in the so squad. This this is kind of uh, my lead-in for one of the things I really don't like about this book, and is that Derevik just sucks. Derevik is the worst. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What? So, no, this, this, this was his best moment. What are you talking about? He's so yeah, this was right. Abaddon. This was He's... awesome for Abaddon. This was good for both of them. Exactly. This was good for both of them. They every character in this book who isn't Abaddon it takes a huge L all the time just to show how cool Abaddon oh, is, and I feel like oh, come on. Let oh, me okay. sell the, how they're both cool, and then you tell me why it's not Absolutely. cool. All right, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. goes like I'll go first, and he you know steps up and gives this Alexandrian monologue about here are all the things I will bequeath to you, like ships right. and men and material and a hundred thousand souls stolen from the Black Legion. I'll give you the talent of Horus and. On and on, right? Like I will reward you yeah. with the riches only this king can can give. Sure, right. And then Abaddon hears all of this. Even Kaon is like, "Damn, the loot like thief in me thought that was pretty impressive." Abaddon walks over and is like, "Can what should I do?" He's like, "You should sacrifice something." So he walks over and just says, "Whatever you need," which is like, sure. that was cool for both of them, dude. What are you yeah. talking so it's, about? It's great. It's great for Abaddon. So. It's cool when you say it like that for Derevik, but you have to also input the part where every character, mostly Kaon because it's in his head, is like, that's just the wrong thing to say. That's just obviously wrong. Like, like that'll never work. Um, no, I it's think not. that just kind of sucks. <laughs> it's not even like, what Kaon He's overwhelmed yeah. by the offer. He's like, that's it, sure. what will we ever do to match that? That sure. he doesn't have I, any criticisms. Sure, kinda. I, I don't really agree with that. He okay. says at the... So he does what Kaon does, which is just double think all the time. Yes. Uh, so at one point he says that's that's really crazy, amazing. And at uh-huh. the same time that he's saying that, he's also saying like, in order for the if for any sacrifice to matter to the warp, it has to matter to you. He doesn't say and that at the same time. That he does I, say that. The, yeah, I, I for once I got today. you on the page, dude. No, he says that in his head in reaction to the offer, and then Abaddon comes over to him and asks, mm-hmm. "You as a sorcerer, you as a summoner, what matters?" Derevik is then also he talks a sorcerer. Okay, Derevik, I'm, Derevik I'm is just saying also... that's not what Kaon said in his head. He, when pressed, uh, said, "You have to give something that matters." I can't. Oh, man. Let's I, just I, say. Right. Kaon is an unreliable narrator. Uh, that, was, that, is, that, is, that is why uh, Taylor and Tanner read the same page differently. All right. I just think it's I just think it's incredibly narration. lame that like Kaon would know that in his brain and just tell that to Abaddon and have it be obviously right. And this guy over here who is 
also supposed to he's supposed to be on Abaddon's level and absolutely nothing in this book well, that I see at all uh, indicates to me that he is even close to Abaddon's level. Every time that he does something that doesn't involve owning Kaon, he gets slapped. And this is this is one of the biggest examples of that. Like everything he says here is just obviously wrong if you've been paying any attention. And as like a super mega powerful chaos man who does all the green stuff, I feel like he should probably know that. And it just kind of undercuts any like I don't Taylor. know, like what's up. This guy is supposed to be Abaddon's antagonist, right? Yeah. Like he's so he, he should be he's on his there. Level. The Chaos Gods have given him power, to me anyway. The Chaos Gods have given him power just to make Abaddon work hard, to work for what he's supposed to get, right? Yes. Like they've already so chosen Abaddon. They don't give a shit about this other guy. I don't know. I so I don't agree with that. I can see that reading, except for Draknayan, because Draknayan is not connected to the gods. He is like his own thing. And Draknayan is calling to this guy just as mm -hmm. loudly as he is calling to Abaddon. Like that indicates to me that he has a real, like Derevek has a real chance here instead of what we see, which is him just taking a massive L and being flatly wrong every time he's not talking well, to Kaon. He thinks he has a chance. Draconian and is literally screaming at him. To, to be fair, again, all the off-screen stuff, Taylor, he does win. All like Many of the battles are constantly contesting the Black Legion. He's just As, as you yourself said, the off-screen stuff doesn't matter. It's chaos magic. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> okay. The only, okay. Let's talk the about only, the next bit, yeah. dude. Let's talk Ch about Chaos the next magic. Right. Chaos magic. Who cares? We got past that duel. Yeah. We've escaped from the warp uh, because we tried really hard and it worked the second time. No, um, we gave up a bunch of stuff to a bunch of ghosts who then led us through with no casualties after we tried really hard and immediately failed. Yeah. Even better. Uh, so now we uh, come on to Taylor. What you're describing is the greatest 40k space battle ever written. He did oh, say actually, that. That I think it's said. the okay. So fair, I can see how you would think that. That's a smooth brain take, much like all of mine. So I see how that resonates. <laughs> uh, I actually hate this scene. I think it's terrible, personally. So okay, so the first thing that happens yeah. is all right. So we got the Black Legion fleet, and we got the Imperial, not the Imperial Fist, the Black Templar fleet. Yeah. And the first, the very first thing that happens is yeah. the uh, Vengeful Spirit. It just leaves all of its cover. All of the whole fleet is back there. It just leaves. And then it takes down the Eternal Crusaders' shields in one volley, yeah. does a magic backflip, yeah. goes the other way, uh -huh. and then in the space of where he went the other way and is now completely turned around, she is now re-engaging the Black Legion fleet. Wait, no. The rest the other of the one. Black fleet, yeah. Yeah, the other, the other Black Space Marines. Yeah the black armored space marines yeah. uh, engaging them somehow okay. uh, magic i don't know i just it's mm. a corona dive dude come on we yeah. like we've been over this straight at him and then does a magic backflip yeah, yeah okay yeah, so they do a like space moment the and then yeah. it continues that right there's no gravity in just, space taylor there is gravity in space that is objectively no, wrong yeah that's no. false yeah. That's not how. Uh, there is have you ever been to space? space in this scene, though. That was pretty there, cool, Danny. You probably they're, like they're, that. They're in reality, so like all the oh, natural yeah, sure. laws, all the yeah. natural laws apply, which is why I think them just doing a magic back. Okay, so no, like so. All, so all I'm not Danny. I'm not a lawyer here, but does space have I'm laws? Not a lawyer either. Yeah, I don't think space has laws. So how can you violate laws? In <laughs> International space? maritime oh. space laws. 
I don't know okay. if you know this, John, but in 40K, there are space lawyers. <laughs> space lawyers? Yep. And they're, they're called like the Inquisition. The, they're the worst. Um, yeah. But yeah, this yeah. space battle yeah. here, we do these these impossible flips that are possible with science and black magic. And like, like I get it. Like, the Ventral Spirit is like super powerful because it's a ventral spirit. It's one of the most powerful ships ever made, but like the eternal crusader is also that. And the eternal crusader just takes a huge L here so that the ventral spirit. Wait a minute. Do a wait cool a minute. Backflip. The, <laughs> the eternal crusader is kicking the crap out of the rest of Abaddon's fleet by no, itself. No, it's not. They, okay. No, it's not. They immediately <laughs> lose. The first thing that happens is, well, I mean, okay, they're immediately going to lose anyway. They're, all they're right, not here, the here are the two ships. Here are the two ships. They're evenly matched. This one is the Eternal well, they're Crusader. Not. This they're one not. is the Vengeful Spirit. The Vengeful Spirit flies over, takes down its shields in one single shot, and then just leaves, which is a, a running theme with the space battle. Apparently, in naval combat, in space, you can just leave. You, you have no yeah. much much like being well, magician I mean, space. space battle has no consequences you can just dip but that's later uh so i just think i just think it sucks i just think it's lame because the the eternal crusader gets to do exactly nothing except for two other lines one of them is it, it getting owned and the other yeah. one is it doing something as it like look mm -hmm. like limps well, away so, all right so the, the so the eternal crusader gets freebooted right like mm -hmm. right does, off yeah. the table like on the right. first it's got like, like it's got like round. seven models left right mm -hmm. <laughs> just totally owned right the space uh, battle took about 30 minutes it was very one-sided right. yeah and okay so uh, I, mm, one so, of the one, greatest ships in the world is levied by this old forgotten ship in less than 30 minutes right nobody <laughs> even knows what the vengeful spirit is it's obviously a garbage ship for garbage people yeah, it no one's is. ever it, heard of it. It does yeah. obviously suck for sure. Like, no I'm track glad you record. all agree with that. It's really renowned locally uh, in the IFTR. Yeah. But everyone <laughs> knows the Eternal Crusader, so it doesn't yeah. make sense. Yeah, I agree. Right. I, I, I don't know. So I just think it's lame when two <laughs> opponents who should be relatively equally matched meet each other and one just dies. One just takes a massive L for the other one, which is what happens with the Derevek, which is what happens with the Eternal Crusader. It actually doesn't happen with Sigismund. And the Sigismund no. battle is just awesome. Can I can perfect. I make a logistical criticism here? Yeah, sure, I think the it. Black Legion dragged like I don't know, a hundred thousand Marines plus ships to load them through the warp and showed up to the Templars who are no longer at Legion strength and they sent their oldest man out to fight. But that's, like that's not true. Like when the Black Legion fly out of the Ayatar. Abaddon himself is like, man, I guess there's another Black Legion. Like verbatim, he says that. So that was they, just a joke about the color of the ships, though. That was that seems because they're they're Black Templars. Yeah, it was a silly joke. It was like, oh look, the Imperial Fist painted their armor black. That's hilarious. But he already knew that. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think he okay, was talking about okay. like the actual like strength of the fleet that they're fighting. I'll and give then, you this scene as not being a strong scene in the book. But I that's because this it. whole scene is just so you can watch a better scene, which is the yes. Sigismund duel, you are which correct. is an awesome scene. The book it sort is. of it's not a scene at all, here. right? What's up? Because it's not Danny, a scene at all, right? It just kind well, of I mean, happens it, in the background. It takes like, they like don't an actually... hour to get there. Well, yeah, but like it doesn't actually happen, right? Like <laughs> right. it's just oh, sure, a description sure. of the of like, oh yeah, this happened, and I've never seen two people fight so hard, and then like. Yeah, kinda. So like, okay. So Kayon has to stay back on on the the Vengeful Spirit, and everyone else gets to go have a big pun, party pun time in yeah. the Eternal Crusader and doing a big slaughter on the other on the other Black Marines um, for fun. And 
so he's like, this is so boring. I hate space battles so much. And so he just kind of jumps into another Ezekarian's uh, brain and just kind of rides along for the ride. Um, and eventually we get to the part where that, that uh, I can't remember his name, Echidon? James. That's wrong. Uh, the James. Apothecary, you... right? Yeah, 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 the Apothecary. Is, is Caradon? That. Yeah, I don't something know, man. Like that. E something. Well, they, so, good. okay, so anyway, so they they get to the, the final mm. battle, like, Sigis, it's Sigismund and nine sword brethren versus uh, just Abaddon yep. and 40 of his guys. Yep. Um, and Abaddon, I don't, I don't know. Okay. So Abaddon takes the time to talk to Sigismund. Yeah. And he's like, you should just join us. Like, I'm obviously right. All my best friends are here. We can be best friends. Uh, I really like you just as a friend for right now. We could be more if you join up. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, he even I'm... like had he he opened his tender text at the beginning of the fleet scene when they emerge into real space. He does, and they yeah. immediately ping the enemy ship, right? The Eternal Crusader. Matches and he's in like, your area. Yeah, Abaddon's like Siggy, actually... long time no see. What's up, dude? And Sigismund's like something, something, the Emperor, something, something, sword. Remember something, when we tried to kill each other two weeks to ten thousand years ago? And Abaddon's like, haha, bro, long time no talk. And then Sigismund so, hangs up on him. So he's Siggy like, G, he's getting a Siggy little neg, calls getting him. a little rejected. Siggy G calls him to yeah. really say nothing. He kind of yeah. just like lounges there for most yeah. of the scene. He's like, hey, <laughs> like I, I do. Have. Yeah. Yes. He's like, hey, yeah. Abby, I see her here. Finally, I've been waiting. And Abby is like, yeah, man, it's really good to see you. Like, I, we should do, we should catch up. Like, I'm heading over to your house right now. Yeah. Like, we can get down for sure. And Siggy G is like, eh, and he hangs up. And so Abby Daddy breaks into his house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, brings uh, all of the boys with him. Base, <laughs> if right, I break into boys. your house, what are you going to do? That's yeah. what he, he says, right? Yeah, he brought his milkshake to the yard, and so he had right. to come in. That's that's the contract. Yeah. Uh, and so they have this it's in the Codex Astartes. And it is. I, I just think this scene, I, so specifically the talk, I think is kind of strange. Um, I just don't understand at this point, after everything that Abaddon has done, or Abby Daddy, as I will continue to call him, has done and perpetrated, um, and what Stiggy G has done and perpetrated, like, this is after the scouring. I just don't understand, like, Abaddon being like, yeah, man. I definitely think you will join up with me now. Like you'll see that I'm right for sure. And he, he does believe that as he explains to Kaon later, like he, he definitely yeah. is like emotionally hurt when Siggy is like, I mean, obviously not dude. Like, yeah. Okay. Did you <laughs> see that you episode mean? of Rick and Morty where Jessica gets stolen and locked in a time crystal and then watches all of eternity pass? I'm this is just like that. Hard no. Okay. This is exactly <laughs> like that. Abaddon has been gone for like a month. The heresy sure. just happened, and he found out not. that. Hold, and he found out that the Empire is now a holy religious order, like six hours ago. And then he shows up and sees <laughs> Sigismund. He's like, "My dude, weren't we just having a big argument about how he shouldn't be God? Come on, it didn't pan out the way you wanted. Let's be bros. Let's throw all these silly guys aside." And Sigismund's like, "No, I really buy the God stuff." Like. It's, a, it's a disagreement, a, but it, it makes sense that Abaddon can, doesn't think this is like an irresolvable that's just, situation. I, that's just I'm not a, a line I can Christian. buy. Yeah, like 
That's you just, see that like, uncle at Thanksgiving these... and it's really awkward all of a sudden. You can't agree on yeah. anything anymore. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's like, what happens to Abaddon. It hurts. Obviously, converts are the most zealous. Everyone knows that. Yeah. Uh, I just don't buy this scene after, like, the heresy where Sigismund becomes the emperor's champion and, like, Abaddon knows about it. It, it He's filled with divine power. And he's like, wow. It, that's the, and Abaddon, I guess, is like, that seems pretty secular to me. As, yeah, you know, because they didn't believe is, in gods, and Abaddon still kind of does it. Like the sons of Horus are actively worshiping Horus as a I don't know. I just mm. chaos. Did you guys know that chaos space brains are like hypocritical? I have big brain takes here. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, after after Abaddon gets done being emotionally abused by Sigismund, I guess yeah. uh, uh, <laughs> they have they have a fight. They you know they. They resolve the milkshake in the yard situation. Yeah, strawberry. Um, straw, no, vanilla for sure. Um, Black vanilla and vanilla. peanut butter, I think. Yeah. That's fair for sure. I think that's right. Um, and so, okay, so they're fighting. Um, I can't really do the scene justice by talking about it, other than the one, other than the end. I think. Yeah. Where uh, the Sigismund is old now right he's actually yeah. lived like a 1200 years so he's old man now and yeah. abaddon isn't having lived in the time warping eye and so kaon is like i thought that age would cripple Sig sigismund but all it did was bring him down to our level and at the end of the fight sigismund recognizes that the only way he can like have a chance at killing because he knows he's dead right like yeah. there's 50 right. other guys in the room even if he kills Abaddon, like he will die after. And he, so he recognizes that the only way to have a chance to accomplish his goal is to just accept his death. And the first time that uh, that opportunity presents itself, he takes it without thinking. He immediately puts his whole sword into Abaddon. And yeah. I mean, he gets cut in half for his trouble, but like the first opportunity he gets, I, I don't know. I, th I thought that was really cool. Like th this is very easily my favorite part of the book. Yeah, um, it's the ending of Samurai Champloo. It's great both times. Like, sure, yeah, that's yeah. fair. Yeah, and then um, guys, we scene. are running. We are running short on time here, um, and we know kind of like the big climactic part of the book would be part of that Sigismund duel. Um, right, Taylor. So amazingly descri uh, descriptive of it. It was a fantastic part of the book. Um, before we start to kind of wrap things up here, Tanner, uh, just yeah. a quick thirty seconds thoughts on Black Legion, uh, the second book here. Yeah, Black Legion is pretty good. I really enjoyed it. I think it characterizes the warp really well. I think there's a bunch of high points, and Taylor's complaints are ridiculous. You don't need logistics sure, yeah. in the warp. It's a fun read, independent of our complaining. It's a really fun read. I am unreasonable. That book. is that is canon, for sure. It is. Yeah. Um, and then, Taylor, uh, 30 seconds, just a quick recap of your favorite item from the Taco Bell menu. Oh, uh, the cheesy gordita crunch with no lettuce, please. Thank you. I'll take four of them. Amazing. Perfect. And then I think we've lost our Danny picture, but Danny, are you still there and able to tell us your, your kind of thoughts on Black Legion real quick? Amazing. No, he's Perfect. dead. Yeah. He, <laughs> yep. He is. He is. Uh, that TV is as hollow as my soul. Uh, and I think what better way to wrap up this very special episode of Lore Bros uh thank you taylor thank you tanner for coming on again talking about the book we're excited to move forward now next time you see these guys together we're going to be talking about the siege of terra uh, the new hotness that's Woo. coming in uh and kind of thankfully taylor wrapped everything up a couple episodes ago and did all the horse heresy up to that point. oh yeah so if you guys need caught up double check that out there uh 
next week, uh, we are moving. Uh, we're being kicked out of Tuesdays. Uh, we are going to be moving to Monday nights on the Frontline Gaming Network in the same place. We're also going to be on earlier, uh, b- before the watershed. That's a UK joke. Uh, so we're going to be 9 p.m. Eastern uh, on Monday nights on the Frontline Gaming Network. Uh, I will still get to see my favorite catch the phrase because the podcast doesn't come out until Tuesday. Uh, we will be talking to Tyler Bortel. Uh, a lot of you guys wouldn't know Tyler. Ooh. Uh, Tyler is one of the top Tyranid players in the ITC. He went 5-1 and one at SoCal with Tyranids, pure Tyranids. Uh, and he also edits this show. Uh, so feel free to remove anything negative or incorrect or even add stuff in there. Um, and then Kara Quinn. It is a super good call. Uh, but for uh, Danny, who's away for everyone else, thank you so much. Uh, be sure to check out the rest of Frontline Gaming Network. The shows this week, including Signals tomorrow night. Uh, and then I guess for everyone else, we will see you next Tuesday. Cool.